0: Back. thanks again for tuning in to another segment of Changing Times for the Healthy Mind, Healthy Life series, Managing Your Thoughts from a Biblical Perspective. Today's topic, you will have What You Say Part 2 with your host, Ms. Jay, and co-host, Miss. Shay. Hey, 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 Miss Shay. So Hello. glad that you're with us again today. And so we're continuing our topic of discussion on you will have what you say, because like us, many of you are believing God for an answer to a specific prayer request that has not yet come to pass. We are so happy that you decided to tune in again as we examine how words and confessions make a difference when we petition God for our needs and heart desires. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus' words set the precedent for our confessions as it relates to asking, believing, and receiving. As storytellers, we love giving analogies relevant to our topic that bring to light the overall understanding of the power of our words. Are you familiar with the children's game? Simon says it's where players must carry out a particular action that is preceded by the words Simon says, for example, Players are eliminated from the game by either following instructions that are not immediately preceded by the phrase or by failing to follow an instruction that does include the phrase Simon Says. This fun-filled children's game is a great model in describing how a simple act of obedience sets the standard for living. Is that not right, Ms. Cheney? That's right. In Mark 11, 23, in the New King James Version, it says, for assuredly, for certainty, this is Jesus speaking, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, This scripture is enough reason to put on your shouting shoes because we are so excited to know that we can activate the word of God by a simple act of obedience, which reminds me of the Roku feature on my television that enables me to use voice commands to navigate channels without manually touching the remote. In like matter, when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, God responds and does the rest when we let go of that remote, that control and allow God to navigate us. In this passage of scripture, we love it how Jesus emphasized the word says four times and ended it with we will have whatever we say. We can either have whatever we say, which enables us to be able to change our circumstances, or we can say whatever we have, which could make us victims of our circumstances. So uh, as participants in our prayers, everything starts with us and ends with us. Uh, Did you also notice that Jesus said, whoever, huh, sis? Whoever, meaning anyone who says, to this mountain. Now, understand what the mind, this is not a literal mountain, okay? This is symbolic of our problems. The mountains are symbolic of our circumstances, the things we want removed. What do you say about that, Ms. I mean, I mean, do, do you really, really believe it? When Jesus says something, do you really believe it? Do you think people really believe it?
1: I don't think people really believe it because we're trusting our own instincts and by the nature of who we are, we
0: are not very good. Oh that, that that's that's very disturbing to hear that. You know, I would hope that the people that read the scriptures and and believe the words of Jesus would would would, t- would take Jesus at face value. This is what he said. I believe it I'm going to apply it and this is going to happen as a result. So uh, when we believe without doubting we now have the assurance that what we said or what we say shall come to pass saying with believing and not doubting in your heart then you can have whatever you say however you may have done all those things and get frustrated when you see no immediate results for what you asked for uh should you now give up or wait until it is manifested
1: no you should not keep persevering through
0: keep persevering through yeah the choice the choice is with yours but understand, it also depends on your motive. So, so let's see what it says in James four in the four and three in the ISV translations. It says, "You ask for something, but do not get it because you ask for it for the wrong reason." Da da da, your own pleasure. In the ICB translations, it says, "Or when you ask, you do not receive because the reason you ask is wrong." You want things only so that you can use them for your own pleasure, maybe to just show off a little bit. <laughs> so let's let's pause for a moment before we move on to the next translation. Have you ever given Jesus a laundry list of things you want from him? I gave him one this morning. <laughs> what did you ask for? <laughs> just like... 200 things that I want God to do for me, right? Uh, Did you ever think that, uh, do do you even think now that that some of those things you asked for, could it be due to selfish motives maybe?
1: I just wanted my day to go well and I told him what I wanted him to do to ensure my day went well. Well, and I didn't work.
0: stop to listen to what he had to say about my day. Well, I'm sure he was going to reply Zaddy. that. He wants our day to be great, right? Right. Uh, what about asking for things you don't need? We've been guilty of that too, right? right. Sometimes it is because of greed. Uh, just because our eyes fall on something we would like to have doesn't mean it's God's will for us to have it. Uh, for example, uh, just say for argument's sake that you have no transportation and you are taking the bus. You then petition God for a luxury car. How about an expensive car like a Bentley, <laughs> which starts at around mm, $238,000 plus with an estimated annual routine upkeep of around $2,500? Mm. Uh, do you think God will give you a $200,000 plus car when you haven't even believed it for a Volkswagen? Not at all. <laughs> and, and, and Well, maybe not a Volkswagen, but perhaps a less expensive car of your choice. Uh, You can start small and build up to a Bentley if you choose to do so. In the meantime, uh, let's not lose sight of our train of thought, because remember in James 4 and 3, it's talking about motives, right? we have just talking about motives. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's about the motives of your heart. Uh, But what is even more troubling is what it says in the JB translation that gets into the interior of other areas in the heart. In the ISV translation speaks to the motives, but the JB translation speaks to other heart issues like fights and arguments. Very interesting. Very interesting. Nonetheless, there are equally hard issues in life that need to be addressed, which left unchecked leads to an unanswered prayer. And the JB Phillips translation says this, but what about the feuds and struggles that exist among you? Where do you suppose they come from? Can't you see the arise from conflicting passions within yourselves? You crave for something and don't get it. You are jealous and envious of what others have and you don't possess it yourselves. Consequently, in our exasperated frustration, you struggle and fight with one another. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when you do, he doesn't give it to you for you ask in quite the wrong spirit. You only want to satisfy your own desires
1: this is a classic example of a person whose focus is on themselves
0: you, you know you're right about that and many times we wouldn't even think that that would be an issue i'm fighting and arguing with people and wonder why are you asking god for something the bible says the affection with perfect prayer of the righteous man not somebody that's arguing and fighting fussing with everybody available much those are the prayers that are being answered amen amen you see, you see jesus used this example of someone who asked god for what they wanted By the same token, attempting to manipulate him into fulfilling their own selfish, fleshly desires. Their prayers were not requests. According to this translation, they were an effort to make God serve their selfish desires. Mind you, there is nothing wrong with spending what you get on your pleasures, provided your heart is in alignment with God. When you ask, for example, we are called to manage our money as good stewards of what is God's, for his glory and his purpose. He does provide us with enough for our modest enjoyment and it brings him glory for us to use his gifts for doing recreational things like sports and other activities in his name. But when we cross the line into something we must have in our pleasure seeking, we show that we need pleasure more than we need God. When that happens, your world is centered around you and not god who wants to be a part of your daily life so we must learn to be cognizant of how we approach god with our petitions is that not right miss that's
1: exactly right
0: in fact in second peter one and three in the voice translation i love what it says it says his divine power has given us everything we need to experience life and to reflect god's true nature through the knowledge of the one called us by his glory and virtue so everything we do our pure existence needs to be centered around god It needs to be centered around him. Everything we do, everything we own, every decision that we make needs to be centered around the Lord. Amen. What an amazing promise that is. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, To be on uh, the receiving end of God's blessing is such an honor and a privilege, but we must do our part to participate in his plans for our lives. And what better way to do it than by having that one-on-one dialogue with him each day. We can ask him specifically what he wants for our lives. Be specific. Also thank God for what we already have versus what we don't have. They, they start thanking him for that. We cannot emphasize enough that our words are not only impactful, but they're influential and transformative. Our words are so powerful that people around us are affected by what we say. Yes, our words affect people like it or not good ones and bad ones there have been times in my life when people would tell me you know that I encouraged them and in those words they did two things they brought healing to me and the person on the receiving end that's the point we're trying to make today You will have what you say. What are you saying today? What are your confessions today? You see, God created everything by the power of words. In Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be, and it was. And so it is with us. Imagine the God-given authority we have by speaking words that bring life and not death. That's why, Ms. Shea, it's good to know that what you say can and does have the propensity to affect you, your actually, and someone else's life, not just, you know, somebody else, but that, you know, a lot of people just say the people that are around you, you could be in a, in a group of people and your words does matter. I mean, it could either uplift somebody or make them feel really bad and discouraged. And that's not something we need to do, is it?
1: No, it's not. Earlier you talked about what was in the heart. I think what spills out in our words, it's exactly right. What's in our heart pours out. It starts in your heart. If you have poison in your heart, your words are going to be poisonous. And and then you're going to ask God to help you provide these things. And it's not going to happen because you ask amiss. You ask with the wrong motive. You ask with the wrong heart.
0: Exactly. So when you think about it, what Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, that you have what you say, And why do you think many of us struggle to apply those recommended words of Jesus so that we would have the victory?
1: We don't believe it's about the doubt that we have in our heart.
0: Exactly. Uh, but, But what's the formula for change? I mean, what, what do we need to do? How about, how about practice? Remember our teachers once told us practice makes perfect or perfect practice makes perfect. If this is true and we believe that it is practice speaking words that give life over words that bring death say what you mean and mean what you say this serves as a reminder that we are all subject to speaking and work past patterns haphazardly whether they are good or bad right or wrong perhaps it is a habit we picked up from childhood um maybe mom or dad said it granny and grandpa said it this way and both have had a lasting effect on you and now that you're grown up, you have adopted their ideologies and their manner of speaking and find yourself in the same predicament you witnessed, unknowingly using some of the same languages they used. And I'm not saying that everything mom and dad, granny and grandpa said was bad. I'm just saying that over time, we adopted some of their careless words that helped to shape us into the person we have become today.
1: We have all these folk tales that we believed in when we were younger that we heard around the house from maybe your auntie or your grandma. I don't even know where they got these sayings. We just start, we start repeating them and we start believing them.
0: I'm thinking probably learned behavior. Yes. That's probably you know, where a lot of us get these weird stuff, get things from. such just, you know, learn behavior.
1: It became what our
0: our value system is based on. Exactly. And remember, words have the propensity to manifest in your life and no doubt may serve like a dictator. Yes, a dictator who is someone who possesses power without limitations. However, unlike a dictator, we are limited. We know this to be true because the only one with limitless power is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just because we have authority over things does not mean that we can say whatever we want to say when we want to say it especially if it doesn't line up with the word of God. So so meaning that no one should take care to watch his or her words. In other words, that one should rather take care to watch his or her words carefully and be slow to speak, understanding the power of speech, the power of what our words go far. Being careful to note that blessings and cursing come out of the same well, which is your mouth. In other words, you will eat the fruit of your words, be a good fruit or tainted fruit. It is one thing to know something and do something to change, but it is another thing to do nothing and resist change. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. In Psalms 141 and three, it says, guard my mouth, O eternal one, control what I say, keep a careful watch on every word I speak. i don't know about you miss jay but we need god's help folks we need him to help us and if the psalmist is saying lord i need your help to guard my mouth you know there's another translation that said lord put a watch before my lips and a a, a watch before my mouth and a door before my lips that i will not sin against you Mm. so along these lines after reading the story of Zechariah, i am convinced that you can sabotage your blessings when you reject god's promises Has there ever been a time in your life when you turned a deaf ear to God because of a lack of trust and and confidence in him to bring to pass what you prayed for? Say, for example, your boss offered to give you a raise if you completed a difficult task in record-breaking time. But you have trust issues regarding your boss offer. The spirit of doubt comes in and you fail to complete the task in record-breaking time because you did not fully trust that your boss maybe you didn't believe that he would deliver on his promise. Yeah, That's how we do God sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Then sometime later, you ex- unexpectedly learned that he had every intention of delivering on his promise. You miss out on the blessing because you did not trust him to bring it to pass. That is how we treat God. We say things like, I don't believe God will do that for me. I don't have the money, the skills, nor the wherewithal to qualify for the job. Firstly, who told you that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: God didn't. God never speaks doubt. God never speaks disbelief. People do. You believe the lie of the enemy, so you missed out on the blessing. Uh, Think about this. I love the story of Zechariah. It's life lessons that I've learned just by reading the story, the do's and don'ts. When you do something wrong, you pay the consequences. When you do something right, you reap the benefits. Zechariah prayed for a son. Think about this. And God heard him. He was, a, he was a praying man. He and his wife were praying people, always at the temple, always worshiping, always praising the Lord. The greatest position that we could, we could be in is to be before God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He prayed for a son. But God sent an angel to inform him that his dream of having a son would be granted. Imagine, God used an angel, amen, to inform Zachariah that what you prayed for has come in the past, brother. Yeah. Zachariah unknowingly spoke doubt out of his mouth when he responded to the angel by saying, how can I be sure? I just told you. (laughs) What a doubter. (laughs) Sorry, folks, but why in the world would you let the devil talk you out of something that God promised to you? All the time. And to make it easier on you, God even sent an angel. He makes it easy for us to make it easier on Zechariah. He sent an angel to reaffirm what Zechariah asked for, but yet he was still questioning God. It just doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing. When God promises to grant you the answer to your prayer request, receive it and start celebrating. How about being silent while waiting until the prayer request comes to fruition? Time after time, we have nullified our prayers by saying things like, I have bad credit. How can I possibly qualify for the house of my dreams? Although you prayed for a miracle. When you undermine the authority of the Holy Spirit, you cannot expect to receive anything from God. When you first petitioned him, you should have already been expecting it to come to pass. Although you may not see it right away. Don't be a Zachariah. Learn from him. Here's someone who asked for a son, yet still questioned God how he would bring it to pass. However, let's give Zechariah the benefit of the doubt because maybe he didn't know anything about the power words, right? So because of his doubting spirit, what followed is even more laughable. God had to shut Zechariah's mouth so that he couldn't utter any more words of negativity over what God had promised. In this regard, when you allow a doubting Thomas spirit to rise up in you over God's promises, the devil now has legal grounds to intercept your prayers from coming to pass. Wow! Zachariah was not able to speak until his son was born. Imagine being mute while you wait for the answer to come. Because of his words of doubt, he was struck mute before his son was born. He couldn't celebrate the way he would have liked because he could not express his feelings in words. Imagine walking in the store and seeing family members and you can't talk what happened? Oh, I said something I shouldn't have said. God is trying to do something in my life. You can see from this story how powerful words can be. Isn't it
1: interesting? (laughs) God could have let him continue to doubt and not closed his mouth. But God showed such love and mercy and God knew that he was going to use his son for something powerful. So God took matters into his own hands and says, I'm going to shut you up because this <laughs> is coming to pass.
0: Amen. And I'm and thinking about this. We make declarations and confessions with our mouths and we expect that one day God will bring uh, bring it to pass. So Jesus, we know to be a man of few. Everything Jesus said was purposeful. He was a man of few words, right? Yes. He said what he meant and he meant what he said, but everything he said had meaning to it. He just had frivolous conversations, right? Right. His words were so powerful and impactful that everywhere he went, he drew enormous crowds who were mesmerized and enamored by his candor, his wisdom, and the power by which he spoke. I know of no one in the Bible who wasn't moved by Jesus' heartfelt words of truth, whether he was speaking in parables or in simple language that even a child could understand. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus has essentially given us that same authority to call those things which be not as though they were in Romans four seventeen? And I pray today, I pray that you guys are getting this because we want you to win. We want you to experience the supernatural power of God in everything you do and say, why? Because right thinking along with the right words positions you for a blessed life. The woman with the issue of blood's faith in Mark 5, 25 through 34 is admirable. In Verse 28, she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. She was convinced that if she got a piece of Jesus' clothing, if she just touched it, immediately she would be home. She affirmed what she believed by touching Jesus' garment. She believed that it would come to pass. Amen? Amen. And the only proof she had was her faith, that's all. In verse 29, it says, "The Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction." Folks, Faith without works is dead. She put her faith into action and she applied it what she believed by touching Jesus. In verse 30, it says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him and turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Verse 31, it says, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you. And you say, who touched me? And verse 32, and it says, he looked around to see who had done this thing. And verse 33, it says, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And verse 34, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He said to go in peace you see a common thread in this passage of scripture it all started with her confession of faith followed by her putting her faith into action she said if only i may touch his clothes which is the hem of his garment i shall be well she made her way to jesus defying the levitical law that no bleeding woman should be caught in public because she was considered unclean and although she faced the decision to stay home and suffer and miss her blessing miss her healing she made her way to jesus because she was intentional about pursuing him for her healing words matter she had what she said she did it her words of faith and belief in a god who heals ushered in his power to heal her and she went away celebrating Ms. given the account of this incredible story of healing, what can we learn from this woman?
1: She had so much faith, not only in Jesus's power, but in the power of what she knew he stood for. She said, if I can only touch his garment, I don't have to speak to him. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to come to my house. If I can just touch what he's wearing, I know I can be made whole. And she pushed through in perseverance Amen. and she stood on that. She just stood on that.
0: Amen. So start asking yourselves, who are you trusting today? Mm. What is your issue? What are the circumstances that keep you in bondage? Are you believing God for a mate? Are you believing God for emotional, mental stability or mm. physical healing? Mm. Are you believing God for a job? Are you believing God for your children to be protected from ungodly associations and peer pressure and perhaps a issue. You may be facing a plethora of problems for which you need answers, and you are fed up, about to give up, and you don't see a way out. Prayed and cried, cried and prayed, and still no answer. Miss Che and I have been there and done that, and it's not pretty. Mm-mm. Life has many twists and turns, detours and roadblocks, but we keep going, we keep pressing you see you we, we you've heard it said life life isn't fair we've heard that right? right i heard that phrase said my entire life never knowing who the author is just in case you were interested in knowing who it is his name is william goldman of the prince's bride the entire quote says isn't life isn't fair it's just fairer than death that's all which means it is the um, automatic response we give to ourselves or another when what we think or believe should happen or when something that has happened is not fair have all of us not experienced that have all of us not been victims of adversity of course we have but by the grace of god we keep going we keep moving we keep pushing and we keep climbing despite resistance and or opposition Because we believe there is light at the end of the dark tunnel. Mm. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best about events in his life, maybe reasons behind him saying, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at the times of challenge and controversy. That's an amazing quote that is the hallmark of what we're talking about today. With that said, the formula for moving forward is in the same believing and doing. I say it, I believe it, and now I act on it. We are convinced that Jesus' words in Mark 11, 23 bring to life that when we speak the right words over our circumstances, we can expect the results we ask for. Some say, I prayed and prayed and nothing seems to work. That may be true, but it's only for a season. When you wait on the Lord by continuing to make the right confessions, it does work when your heart is right with God. It pays to do a spiritual checkup by using the stethoscope of the word and examining your heart. The fair. The first referring prayer of the righteous available much thanks again for tuning in but before you leave we never want to assume that you have received the gift of salvation a simple confession by faith is all that is needed by repeating these words after me lord jesus i confess that i am a sinner i repent of my sins and ask your forgiveness i receive you now as my lord and savior until next time we love you stay tuned again If you confess these lofty words of new beginnings, welcome to the family of God. All the heavenly hosts in in heaven rejoice when one soul enters the kingdom. And remember, you will have what you say. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and wherever else you can find. We love you. Godspeed. And until next time, have what you say, because you will.